Okay, we're back in business. Sorry about that, guys. Okay, um, before we dive in, uh, what we're talking about tonight is, um, the, the title of the message is Resistance to Change. And um, I don't know, th- this is just an interesting topic for me, especially this weekend. And just with you guys' permission, I'm just going to share a quick story about what I did this weekend. It was different for me. Um, and it took me literally the whole weekend to become okay with it. I, a buddy of mine who uh, used to work at Camp Red Cloud gave me a call um, Thursday night and was like, hey, there's a men's retreat at Red Cloud. If you come, I can get you in basically for free. So it's free food. We get to shoot guns and ride horses. I was like, sign me up. I don't do either. I'm, I'm totally not like the normal. I know how to cook meat. That's about the most manly thing I really know how to do. But... uh so I was like, I'm down to learn. So I was like, sure, I'll go. And I went down with a, another guy who goes to church here. And we got there. And I'll be honest with you, it was the, the whole weekend was, was for guys. And it was based off of a book that I personally think is kind of lame. And that's not important what the book is. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. There's like nothing inherently wrong with it. But I'm just not a big fan of it, really. And so I, I totally rolled into this place with this young pastor's attitude, like, this is silly. I don't need anything from this. And, like, literally, this was, like, okay, for dudes, um, this was weird. Like, like, every session that we had that was teaching, like, dudes were just, like, sobbing. And, like, I don't respond well in those situations. Like, I just look at them like, wow, that guy's crying really hard. And that's about as far as my brain goes on that. Um, and and, and, it's, and it's, 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 that's not a good characteristic on my part, okay? Um, and so I'm, I'm sitting there, and I didn't really get it. And, you know, I was like picking things apart as I was sitting there. I don't like that. I don't like that. And in all honesty, I would have loved, like, okay, I'm a Bible geek, and, and you guys are in trouble because I'm preaching out of the big Bible tonight because that's my littler one at home, so we're going to be here a long time tonight. I'm just joking, maybe. Um, but uh, I'm like, I, I want everything to be, like, almost geeky to, to the extent where nobody really cares a lot of times. Just being honest, like, sometimes it's like you don't really care what, what the Greek root of that word is. You know what I mean? Like when you're reading the Bible, it's like sometimes it's like it just means what it means and deal. And, and, but I'm the guy who wants to know everything about it and all the ins and outs of it. And I was totally doing that to this poor guy who was teaching, and he's not a teacher. Like he just does this as a volunteer. And in my head, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have done it that way. I'm like, well, no kidding. This is your full-time job. You would have done it differently. You know, and I was sitting there, and, and, and something really interesting happened. I started talking to these guys, and, you know, I'll, I'm, I'll just be really honest. With you. I really didn't get much out of any of the sessions, but I, I really feel like God did something really unique in me this weekend. Um, so some of you guys know, some of you may not know that I, I'm um, here in the future, I'm going to be planting a church in Boulder, Colorado, uh, which I'm really excited about. And, uh, um, and this group of guys who I thought were like these messed up, jacked up guys who, I mean, I found out later like that half the guys that they brought there, like this is how legit these guys end up being. Um, apparently, I, I, Scott, you guys may know better, but apparently there's a pretty large homeless population in Grand Junction. And a lot of these guys were from Junction. And like half the people there are homeless dudes. 
It explained why they were so crazy and like why I didn't understand what was going on half the time. Because some of them were literally crazy. Like, I mean, a couple of these guys were straight up crazy. Um, and so it explained a little bit more to me. But um, they found out that I was doing that. And um, I had to leave early to get back here. They ended today. But uh, they, they wouldn't let me leave before. Uh, they wanted to come up and they wanted to commission me. They wanted to pray over me. And man, I, like, I haven't been prayed over like that in a ridiculously long time. I mean, like, these guys didn't know what to say. They were saying wrong stuff, to be honest. Like, scripturally, I know I'm like, okay, that's wrong. But, like, I'm so caught up in right and wrong sometimes that I actually miss the heart. Like, they, they weren't doing anything that would qualify them as, like, heretics and, like, you need to call them out. But they, they just didn't know certain simple things. And they were praying with, I, I mean, I was certain that the Holy Spirit was guiding it. And it totally humbled me because the first commissioning I'm having to, to go and do something else at, at some point um, is coming from this group of guys that I basically looked down on the whole weekend. And they genuinely cared. And I was like, man, it wrecked me. Like on the way home, I was telling Chase, I was like, dude, I am a jerk. Like, and, and, and so I tell you this story, not so you know what a jerk I am, because if you hang around me for any t- period of time, you're going to know that. I'm, I'm a depraved, fallen dude, and, and I have a lot of flaws. Um, but I tell you that so that you can maybe think of change differently. I think a lot of times we think of change as, um, Tom put it eloquently this morning, um, Facebook change. You know, like when they change how you do it, we all freak out. That kind of thing. And like, there's like, join this club to get Facebook back the other way. And that never works, but we all keep signing up for it. Um, you know, what we think of change in those terms, and, and that's good. But for what we're diving into tonight, I, I, I want to think of it more in, in that story's context. Um, for me, it was totally self-righteousness. Um, I mean, that's the only way I can really describe it, you know? And so I was reluctant to change, to sit and be with these people who I thought were dumb. Um, so, like, I needed to change that. And it, I mean, I'm not saying I'm done there by any means, but God definitely started up a process in me. I'm like walking around trying to find some people who just want to talk really simply about the gospel instead of so in depth maybe for a little bit. Or learn from them. See what God's imparting to them, what he's giving to them, because he speaks to them too. You know, it's, it's crazy. And, it's, and, and, you know, and, I, and, I need, and I'll, I'll shut up after this, but I just need to remind myself of this, because just a couple years ago, I wouldn't have known where the book of Acts was if you told me to open to it. Literally, a few years ago. So, I mean, who am I to judge these people? So, I was reluctant to change, and um, I, I, I wish I wouldn't have been so reluctant to that change. That God wanted to change in my heart. He went, and, and the change we're talking about tonight is not just change for the sake of change. I'm talking about change that is tested, as we're going to look at. What, what, what does the Bible say about testing things? You know, there's a lot of new things coming out in the church you hear about nowadays. There's lots, of, there's lots of ideas out there. But the Bible does give us clear direction in what is okay to change and what's okay not to change. 
Here, Bethany, we refer to it as open hand, closed hand. There's certain things that are closed hand, man. Uh, the, the Word is closed hand. The Holy Spirit is closed hand. God the Father is, is closed hand. We don't play with those things. The virgin birth, those kind of But like that we sit in a circle or straight rows, those are open hand, right? Those are okay to change. The Bible's like, have freedom there. So we're going to look at how does the Bible tell us how to check? And then... Secondly, we're going to look at what if God calls change in an area like he did in my life there in that story that I don't really want to? What does that look like? And, and, and I'm not going to give us a... The, the, the story we're looking at tonight in Acts isn't like a bummer. It's actually people responding appropriately. And hopefully that will spur you on to when change comes, even that may make you uncomfortable are things that you don't like, if it is of God, and we are following him closely, we should change with him. So, let's recap a little bit where we are so, so we know where we're coming from a little bit here tonight. Um, last week, we, we, we did the whole um, chapter 10 of Acts, which was awesome. I had a lot of fun with it, and, it was, and, and we're going to recap it actually in the story tonight, but um, basically what happened is... Um, some non-Jewish people got saved. And why is that important? Because up to this point, as, as we said last week, um, it had only been Jewish people who had been saved, other than probably the Ethiopian um, eunuch that we know of. I mean, there might have been other things that we don't have written down, but according to our scripture, we really don't, like the gospel hasn't gone outside Judaism yet. Cool. So, so it's it's pretty confined right now. And, and and Paul goes to this place called Caesarea, and he goes in there and basically proclaims the gospel to these people. And uh, and it's really wild in the story. You should read it on your own time if you weren't here or listen to the podcast. But I recommend reading it on your own time. It's better than listening to us teach about it. Um, it is uh, is is. Paul is giving a sermon to them. He's preaching the gospel to them. He's telling about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and saying, "Listen, we saw this happen." And like his sermon gets cut off because the Holy Spirit falls. And when that happens, you just get out of the way. Or you just get used. Or you, whatever it's directing. When he moves that way, when the Holy Spirit, when he moves in that way towards whatever he desires, there's no stopping it. Tell the, I mean, the Roman government really found this out. And so it falls. And I say it, like, it's, it's, it's like tongues almost, you know, like, um, when he falls down. I, there's tons of ideas on, on that, but we don't have time to go into all that tonight. But basically the Holy Spirit falls on these people and they, they get saved. And it's cool because Paul's, not Paul, but Peter's response is very simple. It is, we need to find us some water and baptize some people. That's Matt's abridged version of what he said. But they baptize him. And then it's so cool because they actually like him enough that they ask him to stay. And he stays and he trains them for a while. And we talked about last week. That's a beautiful picture of the church. The gospel gets proclaimed. The Holy Spirit falls on hearts. They respond and they are saved. You baptize and we train them. It's very simple. And it's laid out right here just in like a paragraph. It's a cool thing. And so that's what we, that's what we talked about last week. And so now where we're picking up, we're, we're going to be in Acts um, 11, 1 through 18 tonight. And 
Uh, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to read through some of this, and then as I go, I'll probably stop a couple times. And there's a couple key verses I'm really going to spend some time on, and then, uh, and then we'll get out of here. So here we go. Acts chapter 11, verse 1. Now the apostles and the brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision, the circumcision party criticized him. Okay, um, Tom put it very well this morning. Um, circumcision and party should never go together, um, but it does here. Um, Jewish custom, um, not exactly what I think of when I think of party. But uh, whatever, it's in the Bible, we've got to deal with it. Um, and, and, and they started criticizing him, saying in verse 3, you went to the uncircumcised men and ate with them. Okay, ate with them. What we, just, just as a bit of a recap from last week, this is unheard of. Okay, it, it, like literally, Jewish customs, and, and understand something, these aren't just things that people are being annoying about. These are rules God has set out, actually. So they're actually being obedient to what they know. And they're saying, like, listen, that causes uncleanliness based off the food that you're eating and the people that you're hanging out with. And it's removing you from God, is what they're saying to him. Because that's what their customs for a really long time. And by a really long time, how long? From when they came out of Egypt. Okay? We're talking a long time. Okay? So, so they know this, right? Okay, let's keep reading. Verse 4, but Peter began and explained it to them in order. I love it because right here, starting in verse 5, we're going to recap the whole thing of last week. And, and, and you have to understand something that when we review something, it's not because um, it's just there for whatever. It's because it's probably pretty important. When the Bible repeats itself, it's usually trying to drill in a point. You ever notice that? Like, it's kind of, I, I was, Whenever I'm reading my Bible, I see that. I kind of think of I was totally that kid who nobody likes, who's in the grocery store, who's like, mom's trying to shop. He's like, mom, 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 mom. Like, I'm going like, to get your attention, mom. No matter, like, no matter what. This, Jesus is basically like saying, like, Justin, 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 pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Yeah, just specifically you. Um, no, I'm just joking. So, wh- wh- whatever, he's just saying it over and over again. Because, listen, like, this is really important, okay? Verse 5. I was in the city of Joppa praying in a... And in a trance, I saw a vision, something like the great sheet descending, which last week I referred to as the holy uh, picnic. Um, descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners, and, and it came down to me. Verse 6, looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, rise, Peter, kill and eat. What guy doesn't want to hear that? Like, rise, I put these animals, kill and eat them. Love it. I've never killed an animal to eat in my life, by the way. I just think it's cool. I buy my meat at the grocery store. Um, verse 8. But I said, by no means, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has ever entered my mouth. Don't you love it that he's like telling God what's right and wrong? By no means. I don't do anything unholy, God. But God just told him to do it, which is kind of silly. But I, I can actually relate to that. Verse 9. But the voice answered a second time from heaven. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and all was drawn up again into heaven. And behold, at the very moment, three men arrived at the house in which 
were sent from, to me from Caesarea. And the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen the angels stand in his house and say, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. So we'll stop there for a second. Last week we talked a lot about how this impacts us as Christians, as um, how we really view the world. The, the question that I posed last week, and it's continuing this week, because guess what? It continues throughout the whole entire Bible, this message. Um, consistently, we just talked about banging into your head. Is, 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 I asked the question last week, who is the gospel for? And the answer was everyone. That is a silly, silly question. And I asked this last week, you got to check junk at the door. You got to check political agendas. You got to check, you got to, you got to um, check um, racial prejudices that you may have. I mean, everything. I have um, a good friend of mine, just, uh, he, he uh, primarily is a missionary in the Middle East. And he just tells me these stories and I'm just like, and he has these pictures with him and, and these Christians and has his arms around him and they're like worshiping and singing. And, and, and guess what? They're wearing turbans. And they're believers. It exists. But we have like beat into us so much that that can't be. The gospel is for everybody. And so the second question last week from the story that I posed was, so if the gospel is for everybody, what do we do with it? And, and the answer was exactly what Peter did to the people is he preached it to them. He gave it to them. He just shared it. He did all he could with it. And then he served them. That's what we do with the gospel. And so here, what we have is basically the elders of the first church saying, what is going on? You have to remember these guys he's talking to. And, you know, I I really struggled with this and and understanding this chunk of scripture. And Tom did such a good job of putting it together this morning. It actually caused me, and so you're getting a bit different message than, than what was this morning, because it just caused me to think about it. And really kind of just re-examine and just break some stuff down. Is that the people who um, Peter's talking to, these are his boys. These are the guys who are with Jesus as well. These are the disciples. These are the, the church that has been rising up. But a lot of these people saw Jesus alive. And they're very concerned for their church. As they should be because my immediate reaction to these guys was to criticize them it's like how come on but let's be realistic here let's be honest about this change is so far from what they know because here's the deal um the new testament doesn't exist yet it's being written like literally as it's happening right And so they don't have these guys. What they have is they have the Old Testament, which is telling them that these guys are unclean. Stay away. And all of a sudden now the Holy Spirit's doing a new thing? That's tough. And they're having to check this out. 
So don't, don't, I mean, like, I'm not trying to make self-righteousness become a theme tonight, but don't, like, don't play the, the game, right? Like, if I was there, I wouldn't have responded this way. Because you would have, and so would I. And so, check out what happens in verse 15. Let me read verse 15 and 16. I love this. This is Peter speaking. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Um, what, what Peter's doing here, this is one of the first ways you can test to know what is from God, is Peter brings it back to Jesus. He brings it back to an encounter that they had with Jesus. They're like, listen, listen, do you remember when the Holy Spirit, when he fell on us? That was real, right? That was real. And they're all nodding, yes. Yes, that, that happened. I remember. Because that would be pretty intense. It's like, listen, that same thing happened to them. The same thing. And then, and then he goes into in, in verse 16, and he says, and I remembered the word of the Lord. So what's he do? He quotes Jesus. You want to know if something's of God? I mean, like, okay, I'm, I'm, well, we're talking about change. We're talking about difficult things here tonight. So I'm just going to throw this out here. For, for some of us, this might be um, maybe like 400 level. And some of us might be like, man, I'm at 100 level. Don't, don't worry about it. And I'm not saying there's a knock on you or anything like that. But um, I've, I have guys come and go, man, I had a dream. I had a dream that this happened. Or like that this thing went this way. Or this person is telling me this. Um, and, and, and I would say, well, well, was the name of Jesus present? Was the name of Jesus present? present was the word spoken in that dream was i mean because god does that i'll I'll be straight up with you that's different totally happens not to everybody not all the time but like that's how we check stuff is jesus present in it is he there and we have to be realistic in this because um the Bible is very clear, and it says that Satan is like a prowling lion waiting to just devour us. And he parades as an angel of light. Listen to me. The enemy, because that's what he is, that's what Satan is, is, is your enemy, knows Scripture. If you think back to Genesis, if you think back to the beginning, he used the word of God to tempt them into sin. But it wasn't the complete word of God. So you may be saying, well, how do I know what's of Satan and what's of God? Is is the name of Jesus present? Because he will not say it. Because the name of Jesus is the name at which he trembles. The name of Jesus is the name that provides power in uncontrollable situations. 
Okay, I know that was a little different. I didn't plan on going there, but you have to know that <laughs> this is really important. I want to just read it again, um, 15 and 16. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as uh, on us in the beginning. So he's relating it back to something that they know and that they know was of God. And then he goes into verse 16, and what's he do? And I remembered the word of the Lord how, and how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He quotes Scripture. Your Bible is very powerful. The Word of God is very powerful. We test and approve everything. Everything. Not because we're stuck up Anything, but we do it here. Just go there. I'm, I'm going to stop talking about it. Romans 12. Romans 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which in your spiritual worship, which is your spiritual worship, I'm sorry. Verse 2, this is the important part. I mean, not that the other part isn't important, but for what we're talking about right now. Just erase that from your memory, Holy Spirit, just take that out. Um, verse 2, do not be conformed. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm losing my mind. Just go to verse 2, I'm sorry, my Bible's all messed up. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. By the testing, you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. Let's read verse 2 on again. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, testing, it's a good thing at times. By testing, you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable, and perfect. You need to know that as a Christian, you're not expected to believe every book that is written, every sermon that I give. Listen, the church needs to test us more. Being dead serious, I've caught errors. I mean, I, the church needs to be able to look at stuff and go, is that right? And that's not a bad thing. The church needs to be able to look around and go, is this good for the people? But it's in a spirit of love, not anger. It's in a spirit of saying, listen, I've rarely had somebody come to me and go, brother, I think you kind of missed it on that one. Can I show you? Can I talk to you about it? It usually comes in the form of like an email that I'm a heretic and I'm leaving the church. Just being honest. Because I'm wrong sometimes. And I, man, I pray against that and I study so hard so that I'm not because this is a dangerous job. I'm fearful of it. I am. But you need to understand that you just don't believe everything that's thrown at you. What do you test it with? You test it with the word. 
How, how do you do that? You might be sitting here tonight going, man, Matt, you're telling me to test what you're saying. You're telling me to test things. You're telling me to, to take dreams, and you're telling me to do all this crazy stuff. How do I do that? You let Scripture answer Scripture. And that might take some work. Dig around in here. It, you ever wonder how it actually becomes fun to read your Bible? I didn't know for a long time. It, at least for me, it, it came in the form of going like, well, what does this mean? I don't get it. And then I have to go somewhere else, pull it out, figure it out, play around with it for a while, chew on it, and then go back to it and figure it out. And I'm like, wow, this thing really connects. Test and approve. Let's go back to Acts chapter 11. Verse 17. <laughs> this, is, this is just cool stuff. I know tonight's a little different, like how I'm doing this, but it's almost more lecture-based than Paswell, but it's, it's fun. I, I'm really excited where we end up here. Because in verse 17, it gets crazy, because then he says this. this Peter still speaking. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ, who was I? that I could stand in God's way. Did you catch that? He says, listen, if God is moving this way, there is no amount of comfort that I deserve in this situation. Do you think for a second that Peter was comfortable being trained his whole life to walk into a Gentile's house and eat food that for this whole entire time that he's been told is unclean? And he says, but listen, this, this, this is comfortable to me. This is what I understand. But guess what? God's understanding is greater than mine and he is calling us to this who am I to stand in the way of that? Can you imagine the church of Jesus Christ if we really believe that? Let's not even imagine the church. Let's imagine our lives. For me, I, I, I think to my weekend... He said, Matt, I am redeeming these men. And at the end of it, it took days. At the end of it, I'm left saying, God, who am I to stand in the way of what you are doing in these men? I'm fearful that at times... Us as believers make it harder to be a Christian than Jesus makes it. That we say, here's how it is. And you know what's a trip? Is that none of this that you see really going on in here, other than me preaching out of this, is in here. I mean, literally. You guys familiar with Francis Chan at all? Anybody ever heard of him? 
Um, he, he, he said something a long time ago that really changed my life on how I view ministry. Uh, he was talking, he, he, he went through a time period where his church was growing exponentially, like literally just blowing up. And uh, he was sitting in bed one night, and he looked over at his wife, and he said he just had an epiphany moment, and he dropped his book, and he looked at his wife, and he said, oh no. And she said, what? And he said, if Jesus built a church next door to mine, more people would come to mine. And he didn't mean that arrogantly. He meant that like something's wrong. And so he left. He left his church for a time period, which most pastors, by the way, don't leave when their church is growing. Okay? And he left and he came back. And he said, listen, if we're going to do this, if I'm going to be your pastor, everything's got to change and they went into a board meeting, and they had, um, they had uh, out on the table, I guess, like these plans for this multi-million dollar expansion, which I'm not against in, in some context. Okay, like, don't hear me saying if, if a church does an expansion or whatever that I'm against it, but in his context where God was calling him at that time, this was right. And it made him sick, and he literally threw up on the, on the board table, like, blah, like right there. Like, he just couldn't handle it. And they're like, what, what, what are we supposed to do? And his response to them was this, and this, this is what really changed me. He goes, have you ever heard of the Green Bay Packers? And everybody just looked at him like, what are you talking about, man? And he goes, have you ever heard of him? I'm like, yeah, like Lambeau Field, they wear the cheese on the head. It, it's, it's odd. I lived in Green Bay for a year. It, they're, they're nuts. And it's cold. Like, I mean, it's cold here, but that's a different kind of cold. Okay, and these people get up at 6 a.m. and start up barbecues, and he's like, and they stand outside for hours and hours and hours to grill meat and watch men throw a, throw a ball around, like for hours, full day, and freezing cold, no dome, nothing. And he's like, we live in Southern California because that's where his church is. It's in Simi Valley. He's like, there's a park across the street. If we grow so big that we have to go into the park, then so be it. And somebody said, what about rain? And then all of a sudden they got it. Listen, you can't become so comfortable that all of a sudden, like, do you see it there? Do you see what's going on? That we're more willing, the average American, to stand outside and freeze our butts off to watch a game. But if we were called to do that in a church setting, there's no way we would do that because, well, that doesn't look like church how we know it. Something I get convicted on a lot. I have conversations with people on this. Is I like to ask people, why do you come to church here? And I, I love it when it's like, man, I love that the word is rightly taught. I, I love that the gospel is made much of and that Jesus is the reason that we do what we do. But from time to time, I get the answer that breaks my heart, which is, well, you wear jeans. I'm like, man, it makes me want to wear a suit. <laughs> Or you have really great worship music, which we do. I, I mean, I love it. Or that, like, I love that we don't sit in row. I'm like, man. Do, do you see the danger for our generation? I can speak specifically to our generation here. Is we are about changing stuff, and that's a good thing. But it's like, it's like oh, man, we, we got to be edgy. We got to do but, Man, I would challenge you to go hang out maybe in a traditional church for a little bit someday. People in there love Jesus too. 
my grandma loved Jesus to death, and I, I hate going to her church. <laughs> right? And he says to them, he says, what God is doing, I will not stand in the way. Don't let us become a generation where we're becoming exactly what we're against. I won't go to a church because they don't wear dress like this. Or I won't go to a church because the worship music's like this. You're playing the same game of the stuff that you hated that brought you into that church that's edgy. Just another end of the spectrum. Your basis for how you pick a church, how you follow Jesus, is Jesus. Is is his word, is his spirit. Listen, I'm not trying to, I, I want you to be here. Don't leave just because I said that. Like, I'm not trying to kick you out of our church or anything like that. But listen, it has to be for the right reasons. We're not here to draw a crowd. It'd be, there'd be easier ways to do that. Oh, that was a rant. I just love it because I, I, I rewrote verse 17. Let's read it again and, and so we can get back into the word here. But verse 17, if then God gave, them, gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could not stand in God's way? I wrote it out this way. If I test and approve it and it is all about Jesus... I'm not going to stand in its way. If I test and approve it, if I know that this is of God, I will not stand in its way. For some of you, that may look like, man, I've been fighting this thing God is calling me to. Stop standing in the way. Listen, he's sovereign. He's going to have his way at some point. But man, he wants us to have joy in it. Test it and approve it. Some of us are called like, man, we talked about last week, like some, I was praying that somebody be called into like Afghanistan or something. And I met this girl who thinks she's going to Afghanistan now. She was like, I just, you know, I just got back from India. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, and my mom wants me here, and I don't know. But I feel like I'm not receptive to it. And I asked her, have you tested it? She goes, yeah. I was like, you know what to do. And she goes, yeah. Some of you, I don't know what that is, man. I, I look around here, and I, I know that we have... Um, people graduate. I know we have people starting school. I know that we have people getting married. I know, I, I know we have all sorts of different walks of life. But man, I would challenge you here tonight and say, what is God calling you into that you may be standing away from? And for some of us, and I pray everybody in here, that we, we'll, have, we'll have the good response, but who is he calling you to? Who is he calling you to preach the gospel to? Let God 
have his way in you. We sing it. We need to live it. Right? Verse 18, and we'll wrap up. I love this. What do the apostles do? What does the first church do? Well, so far we know that they've tested it. They've asked questions, right? They've dug. Peter's given a right answer, and, and, and they see it. And in verse 18, he says, when they, when they heard these things, they fell silent. You know that feeling? When all of a sudden you've been questioning something and you get the answer, and it's like, oh, right? Just like that boom moment. It's like, uh, I don't know what to say. And they fell silent. And they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. They said, if God is in this, then my response is glorification of him in this because it's about him. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. And they had this in mind. And I envy them so much at times because, well, I just don't. But I want to. And so I'm asking you as, as a believer in Jesus to join me in saying, God, what are you doing? And let me be part of it. And let me glorify you in it. Let me bring you glory in something because that's all I'm worth anyways. Right? And, and, and the coolest part about this, here, here, here's the gospel for you tonight in this, is that <laughs> the pure fact that we can glorify God, that we can bring him glory, is totally ridiculous, but it, it, it's true. That, that me, this messed up fool that I told you about earlier, that was ragging on these guys, can bring glory to God within, out of the same mouth that spits lies and deceit. And, 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 and bad things, this head that has sinned tonight. Like literally, I had to repent before I got up here tonight because I sinned, just flat out. Like that same brain in here can read this and allow God to use it to speak something that glorifies him. That just blows my mind. And the plan is for him to use you as well. For him to use you. You are his plan. You are the light of the world as we sang that is burning bright. And I don't know, does anybody does anybody else ever sing those words? It almost hurts to say them. not trying to make you feel bad but it's like man I'll, I'll just tell you something and this is just kind of off the cuff this is something that a mentor of mine told me a long time ago I'll say this and then we're done I promise nothing else after this he, he told me he's like Matt it's not meant to bring you condemnation 
We sing things all the time that, well, quite honestly, I don't live out. Or I read things all the time that I'm struggling with. Or I, I get, get this, I, I preach things to you that I'm not sure about myself and that I'm working on. I'm sure of it in Christ, absolutely. But in me, in this vessel, not so much. I said, man, Matt, that's not there for your condemnation. Right? Because what? There is, therefore, no condemnation for those who are found in Christ Jesus. That's what the Word says. So what do we do with it? I asked him, and he just said, just reminds us it brings us to our knees and it does that thing called sanctification right big word i know but it's continual it, it it's renewing of the heart second corinthians 3:18 and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image of God. Catch it. You are being transformed into the same image of God from one degree of glory to another. Where does this come from? For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. When you sing, when you speak it, when you do these things, it is all part of the process of being transformed into looking like Jesus. Right? The Gentiles received it. He got out of the way. So I'll just leave you with a question. I'll leave it hanging. What do you need to step out of the way and say, Holy Spirit, go. Do your thing. And I'm just going to hold on. Because that's all you can really do anyways, be honest. So let me pray for us. God, uh, I just pray right now that um, hearts are just, man, what are the words, God? Just open. That, that something I said tonight, not by my power, but, but, but by yours, by the Holy Spirit, Spirit by by him falling, that um, that revelation is happening in this place. That stopping and saying, "Listen, I know that I need to test things. I know that there's a process to knowing what is from you, but it's it's simple, Jesus. It's it's you. It's 
Is it approved by you? Is your name stamped on that envelope? Is your name just burning in it? Is your word present in it? Is your sacred words, Jesus, are, are, are they there? And when they are, God, I just pray for all of us, myself included, that I'll just be like, oh man, Holy Spirit, you are so ridiculous. You're so insane. I don't even know how this situation or these people or whatever it is can even receive this, but obviously you're doing something in it, and so I want to move. I want to move with you in direction with you. Jesus, I, I just thank you for your, for your sacrifice so that this is even possible. Without your death on the cross, man, I wouldn't even be able to claim this, Holy Spirit. I wouldn't even be able to claim him. I wouldn't even be able to say, man, thank you for that, but, but you have. So God, let us, let, let us worship here in this last song with a, an attitude of thankfulness, joy, um, just the reminder that sometimes it's like, man, I, I, I can't, I, I'm, I'm not doing what I'm saying, but don't take that as condemnation, please. God, impart that onto these people that they are not condemned, but that they are set free, and that they are set free to live life and live life to the fullest have life abundant it's not depressing man it's joyful so let us have joy let us cry out for these people who don't know you we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ which all knees bow amen